You're listening to Emphasis On Air, the new podcast from the PHA UK, talking all things PH and what matters to you. Hi, I'm Sean. Hey up, I'm John. Hi, I'm Mary. And together we're all part of Team PHA UK. Welcome to a special episode of Emphasis on Air today, where we're talking about some really great new and upcoming self-help for people affected by PH alongside issues with anxiety or depression. We'll be talking about resources for carers and loved ones too, as well as patients, so there's something for everybody. And I'm pleased to say that we're joined by Dr. Greg Rawlings, who is a clinical psychologist who has worked with us here at the PHA UK on these special projects, and we'll be hearing from him in a minute. And of course, you'll also be listening to the Motley crew as well, which is myself, Mary and John and Sean. Hello. Hiya. Hello. So just before we get into the self-help tools and opportunities, Greg, um, could you just introduce yourself and and just let the listeners know a little bit about who you are? Yeah. um, Hi, everyone. My name is Greg Rawlings. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist. I work in the NHS and I'm also a lecturer at Nottingham Trent University. Um, I've been working with PHA UK for uh, several years now. Um, developing some resources and helping to better understand the um, psychological and emotional impact of, of living with pulmonary hypertension and also caring for someone um, who lives with pulmonary hypertension. Thank you. Gosh, I can't believe it's been seven years. <laughs> uh, several, sorry. Oh, several, sorry. I thought when he said seven years, how long has COVID been? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking time really does go fast. Several years. Um, so Greg, just before we, we get into the detail then, um, could you tell us... Just how much of an issue is anxiety and depression amongst people with PH and why is it important that there is help available for them? Yeah, so um, there was actually a review come out a couple of months ago. Um, so a, a review of um, I think it's 24 studies looking at anxiety and, and depression in people with pulmonary hypertension. And this study involved over 2,000 people with the condition across the world. And what they found was that um, there was a rate of depression of around 28% and a rate of anxiety of around 37%. So very high rates of anxiety and depression in people with pulmonary hypertension. Um, and that's what we would sort of um, expect, that there's higher rates of anxiety and depression in people who live with a chronic and long-term health condition. Um, so that kind of signifies how much, um, how, much uh, how prevalent the, the, the difficulties are. Um, one of the recommendations from that review was there is a need for psychological support for this, for, for this group of individuals. So um, some, some resources, some, some support, some interventions um, targeted at, targeting anxiety and depression in this population. Um, so let's start off with a really great self-help program for people with PH and anxiety that's available right now. This is the Overcoming Worry and Anxiety program that some of you listening might have might have seen advertised um, previously. Uh, this is something that's been developed by ourselves here at the PHA UK with Greg over the last couple of years. So Greg, could you just tell us a bit about it and um, what's involved, how it helps people and also how it all came about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as part of my training, so I just recently qualified as a psychologist and um, I qualified um, in September 2021. Um, and as part of my training, I needed to do um, a piece of research. Um, and this started in 2019, where I was looking at experiences of living with pulmonary hypertension. Um, and something that I noticed was that there was high rates of anxiety 
um, but also those high rates of, of an overlap between the symptoms of anxiety and pulmonary hypertension. Um, also thinking about the way that people cope with anxiety, recognizing that um, sometimes that might that might feed into people's um, feed into people's anxiety, um, but also the lack of research in this area. So, um, along with PHA UK, we developed uh, some resources around anxiety and pulmonary hypertension. Now, this is specific to living with pulmonary hypertension. So, there's some fantastic resources out there to help people with anxiety. So, I'm thinking about self-help resources, but also help from healthcare professionals, so um, psychological treatments. Um, But what we found was that there was a limited resource that was specific to the challenges that people with pulmonary hypertension experience. So So this this is is the world's first intervention of this type, am I right? It is for self-help intervention for pulmonary hypertension, yes. So this is the first one that we're aware of, first first one that's that's been published and and, and made available. Um, So the intervention itself is based on a type of um, psychological treatment called cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT for short. Some some listeners might might have heard CBT. Um, some people may have even received CBT. Um, so CBT focuses on cognitions, which is people's thoughts and behaviours, um, the actions, what people do. And the idea of CBT is it's helping people to explore unhelpful thinking patterns and unhelpful behaviours and develop more helpful ways of coping. Um, so that's what the intervention was tailored on. It was based on CBT, and we split it into four sections, so four four weekly booklets, um, each targeting different elements of anxiety in pulmonary hypertension. Um, and we um, tested it using a randomized control trial, which means that people would um, take part, and we would randomize them. So we would allocate them at random to one of two conditions. The first condition is where they would receive the four four weekly booklets. And then the other condition is known as a waitlist condition. So these people would receive the booklets at the end of the intervention if it was found to be safe. Um, And and everyone in the waitlist condition has now received the booklets. Um, And we analyzed the data. So we asked people... uh, to complete questionnaires around anxiety and depression, for example, before taking part in the intervention, then after taking part in the intervention, and then one month later after the intervention. The idea being that we want to see if any of the benefits associated with the intervention are maintained. And we've recently analysed the, the, the data and we found some, um, some, some fantastic findings in terms of um, suggesting that this, intervention, that this intervention can be helpful. Um, but what I really need to state is that this is a this, this was a pilot. The idea being, before you deliver any intervention, it needs to be piloted. It needs to be tested. It needs to is this safe? Is this helpful? But also, can we make any changes based on people's experiences? Um, and just like what you were saying, the the, the booklets are now available. Um, and there's some there's some stats around some some things that we found. So things like. Um, 24 out of 25 people who took part rated the the intervention as good or excellent. Um, everyone w- who took part would recommend it to someone living with pulmonary hypertension. Um, 88% felt that they felt more in control of their anxiety. And also looking at the anxiety and depression questionnaires that we that we used, there's some evidence to suggest that it was helpful in reducing those those symptoms of anxiety and depression. Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask. Um Greg, you know when you obviously you start out a project, and I know you have to be as relatively unbiased and have um, 
you have to be as neutral as you possibly can going into this study. Did it did it exceed your expectations though? Did the, those sort of statistics that you just read out there, you know, of how impactful it was, did that exceed what you thought would happen? Um, y- yes and no, I, I suppose. I think um, because nothing like this has been done in this in this population, in this group of individuals before. Um, as a scientist, I go in with with some predictions, with, with hypotheses, um, and, and I hope that it will be helpful. Um, and what we found was that actually it's it's um, comparable to other self-help interventions for other conditions, which is fantastic. So we found that um, the dropout rate, for example, so the people who started taking part but then dropped out, that was comparable to what we would see in, 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 in other self-help interventions for people with other chronic, chronic conditions. Um, something that we didn't expect to see was to find um, that it was effective based on the number of people who took part. The idea being that to test an intervention, you need a sufficient number of people to take part to say, okay, yes, this is this is effective, um, and people didn't improve by chance. Um, so we didn't expect to, um, based on the people, the number of people who took part, we didn't expect to find um, it that helpful. Um, it's fantastic that we did, but like I mentioned, what we need to do is um, we need to, in the long term, continue testing it to, to make sure what we found um, is, is kind of a true reflection of, of how helpful the intervention is. Absolutely. And that was, that was something actually, because um, to, to order these, so to order these resources, people can, uh, they're available on the website, well, as always, um, and they're free of charge. Uh, but what you will notice is when they come through is at the back, there's a feedback form, really short, concise feedback form. And what Greg was just saying there about capturing more evidence and capturing what is really happening with these publications, that's why we're asking. Um, so when these do come and you do find them either helpful or, or not, is please complete that feedback form. There's an online version as well, and there's a, a handy QR code on the form to take you there. Um, it is really important. It's not just that we're asking because it's a nice to know, it's, it is really important. Just to summarise then, so this, this um, what we're calling an intervention here is a self-help programme um, for workbooks using CBT methods, um, people to work through one, one a week um, in their own time at home. Yeah, and it's interesting what you say there about uh, as wanting feedback, Sean, because mm. what we were aware of was that this might be something that is, this type of inter- intervention might be something that's completely new to people. They might never have engaged in any kind of sort of self-help treatment like this. So what we were very mindful of in term when we're producing the actual guide was to produce something that was not, it's not, they're not dry textbooks. We tried to make them as engaging as possible. The, the, the content is broken up into bite-sized chunks. It, it's, there's a lot of um, illustrative content. So, the, so it's very visual and colourful. Uh, so hopefully it's, we've, we've, we've produced something that's, that's engaging and, um, and it's not sort of dry and it doesn't look like hard work. No, and you know, I think that's something that, because um, I can't, uh, not to speak of Greg's study, because Greg obviously is the expert in that, but the feedback that we've had since it's gone live um, is we've seen people on the Facebook group, seen people sharing messages in, and look how great this looks. You know, and it's like, well, I, and clearly the, the understanding of how to fill it in is, is there, because, oh, I've been told I've got to do it one a week, I've got to do one a week. so. It's 
easy to digest and it's easy to read. And I think that's, that's part of it, particularly when you're dealing with anxiety. I mean, you, 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 to have something clearly understandable. Yeah, so I think we're very aware, and I'm sure Greg can and sort of hopefully back me up on this, we're very aware of, make, of the sort of the experience itself being as um, the best it possibly can be over that four-week period of, of engaging with these, this, this, uh, this self-help and with these guides. Yeah, absolutely. So as part of the um, test of the intervention, we ask people their experience of, of, of complete the intervention. And we ask some specific questions, but we also ask them some open-ended questions. So um, some questions where we ask them um, um, a, you know, a statement and then they could expand on that statement rather than asking them kind of one to five. And um, all the evidence kind of suggests that people, um, you, you know, the majority of people did find the booklets easy to read. Um, I found it helpful and some of the comments were around that the material is consistent with other other materials that PHA UK have produced um, which I think was really nice and allow people to digest the information and also just thinking about that idea of that this is a self-help intervention and one of the real strengths of that is you can complete this in in the safety of your own home in, in, in the privacy of your own home and you don't need to um, attend something at kind of you know an hour a week, for example, this is something that you could pick up um, when you have time or when you feel able to. But also this is your resource and you can draw in it, you can write in it, and it's something that you keep. So in a few weeks, in a few months, if you just need to remind yourself of something, then you have the booklets. They're, they're kind of in, in your drawer and you can pull them out and, and go through them at your own leisure. So people feel real ownership of it themselves. Yes, probably, yeah. probably worth mentioning actually that when when we send out the booklets here from the office, they do come in a plain packaging. And um, I know that might yeah. be important for some people. Yeah. Not everyone wants everyone to know what's coming through the door. So that's hopefully that's reassuring. Yeah, plain brown nondescript box. Yeah, and um, they can be ordered just from our website phauk.org, and we will drop the direct link in in the show notes. So. Yeah, and- Sorry, so I, I just I just want to kind of expand a bit on, on that if if I can, Mary. So just thinking about kind of potential some of them barriers to accessing support, to to, to speaking up, um, and um, I know I was I I, I done an interview um, with yourselves back in December 2020 around anxiety and worry from my attention, and, and I I spoke a little bit about kind of some of the barriers, some of the stigma, um, but I really want to emphasise that anxiety is normal. And we all experience anxiety, um, but when we experience anxiety to heighten levels, when it goes on for too long, or when we experience anxiety to um, an ever-increasing number of triggers, that's where we feel, or that's where we would suggest you you, you kind of um, may benefit from reaching out, and that might be um, you know reaching out to your GP, um, to a member of your healthcare team, or kind of having those conversations with with um, family and friends. Um, so I just want to really kind of recognize some of the barriers that people do experience um, to, to seeking help. But I really want to, again, just stress that you're not alone. Um, I, I spoke about some of the rates, some of the prevalence of anxiety in people with pulmonary hypertension. Um, and it takes a lot of strength and courage to speak out. And um, I, I'm hoping that we've kind of through the development of this resource and through, through our conversations today, we're helping to, to remove some of those barriers. Yeah, I think I think we all um, agree that it's a really valuable resource there that's already helping lots of people. Um, but we're not stopping there, are we? Um, the next project is, oh. is well underway and this is very exciting. This is around compassion in PH. 
And this is something that caregivers can get involved in too. So uh, my colleague John here is going to take the lead um, on this bit because he's a caregiver himself. You might have heard him talking a bit about this on previous podcasts. Um, his wife has a long-term health condition. That's right, isn't it, John? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and that helps me to bring a, a slightly different perspective and uh, view on things uh, sometimes with uh, some of the projects that we get involved in. And I think it's really, um, it's fabulous that as an organisation, we're, we're bringing uh, caregivers um more into more focus uh, and being able to develop resources targeted at them, um, or, or just generally be a, more more aware of them and including them in um, in, in the things that we're producing and, and the conversations that we're having. So, yeah. So, Greg, so uh, can you just tell us a bit more about um, what this uh, compassion in PH resource is? What will be the outcome, and what will it be as a resource? Yeah, give us. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... This kind of come about from a um, review that we've recently undertook, and this was looking at um, the impact of caring for someone with pulmonary hypertension. Um, I suppose I just want to um, uh, kind of address the terminology. So we use the word caregivers. We sometimes use the word kind of non-professional caregivers, recognizing the distinction between professionals, healthcare professionals, and, and non-professional caregivers. But um, you know, other terms like individuals who care for people with pulmonary hypertension, who support people with pulmonary hypertension. So we looked at their experiences or the impact of caring for someone with pulmonary hypertension. And this involved over 400 individuals from around the world. And we found that there was um, high rates of stress, high rates of low mood, high rates of fatigue. Um, some of the themes that came out from people's experiences, people's accounts of caring for someone with pulmonary hypertension were things like um, the uncertainty, um, the feeling underprepared, um, the the physical, emotional um, and psychological impact, um, the idea of feeling isolated, um, similar things to what we found when we looked at people's experiences of living with pulmonary hypertension. So from that, we wanted to do more research and we wanted to look at the impact specifically on people with with, um, with who care for people with pulmonary hypertension um, but also individuals with pulmonary hypertension. So one thing that we want to look at specifically is the idea of compassion. So um, there's growing evidence to suggest that compassion can be a really helpful way of coping. Um, you know, thinking about a bad day that we've had and we go home and we speak to a loved one and they're compassionate towards us. Um, compassion for me means being supportive and being caring and being non-judgmental and being non-critical and non-blaming. And when we've had that conversation, um, you know, the thing in our life that causes us stress is still there, but the way we think about it, the way we think about ourselves, um, may have changed through that compassionate conversation, through someone being compassionate towards us. And we can contrast that to an experience where we've been through something distressing and we go speak to someone and they don't treat us with compassion. Um, you know, the classic is that they, they, they want to talk about themselves or um, they're not letting us talk about what's happened to us. They're kind of jumping in. Um, so thinking about how valuable it is to be compassionate. So what we want to do is look to see whether being compassionate, um, whether, whether traits of compassion can help protect or buffer people against the effects of um, caring for someone with pulmonary hypertension or living um living with pulmonary hypertension. Um, the idea being that, as I say, 
research in other conditions have shown that compassion can be helpful. So now what we want to look at, can it be helpful in pulmonary hypertension? Um, so that's the study that we have um, ongoing at the moment. Um, the evidence, the findings would help us to better understand the impact of living with pulmonary hypertension, the impact of caring for someone with pulmonary hypertension. But also what we hope is the findings can then lead on to um, develop or tailor or, or guide interventions for this group. So recognising that um, there is a lack of resource out there for, for caregivers and, and also for individuals with the condition. It sounds like a, a really important and helpful um, um, project, this. Um, and I think when you're talking about what compassion means, I think what I'm hearing there is essentially that it's helping people to develop uh, more compassion, not just for their their partner, maybe the person that they're caring for, um, but also for themselves. And uh, so create feeling as though there's a space being created for them to, to open up about how they're feeling, uh, recognize, recognize the feelings and emotions rather than uh, just sort of suppressing them we know that that's not good in the long run um uh, and i'm sure that it's it will lead to uh, a better relationship between caregiver and uh, and patient for want of a better word and and because there's it's a very complex thing that isn't it and as you said at the beginning even just what it's called what we call these people is really loaded people don't often see themselves as carers don't want to see themselves as carers and and all the other phrases, it's really complicated, isn't it? And it and it's and it's and it's full of emotion. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's a. I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's fantastic, uh, a fantastic initiative, and and I'm sure it's going to lead on to some uh, really useful resource that we can uh, be um, uh, bring out there in the future. We know there's been a great um, great reaction to the the previous study that we did over um, around anxiety and. I think we're hoping to build on that, aren't we, with this new cleanup, the the real tangible outcomes of, of getting involved. So, um, who are you looking for to get involved in this, and and how can they sign up? Yeah, so um, we're looking for people who um, who live with pulmonary hypertension, so someone who's been diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension, and um, we're looking for someone who supports someone with pulmonary hypertension. So you don't necessarily need to live with the individual; just provide some support. For, for someone who, who diagnosed with pulmonary attention. That um, could be a friend or a, or a colleague even. Absolutely. So um, as part of um, any study, you'll, you'll typically ask some questions, which some of them might be around demographics. So we've got a range of um, demographics we're asking, and one of them is, for example, um, what is your relationship to the person with pulmonary attention? And we've got a range of different um, different options and also a drop-down box or, or, or another. So you can, you can describe your relationship. Um, so we're looking for people with pulmonary attention, people who care for someone with pulmonary attention. Um, and we're also looking for um, sometimes known as dyads, patient caregiver dyads. So these, this is someone who lives with pulmonary attention and their caregiver to take part. So this is the idea where we can look to see how compassion um, or the impact of compassion within individuals, within caregivers, but also within that within that interaction, within that relationship. The idea being um, compassion for the individual, does that help the caregiver and vice versa, just just like John, 
what John was saying, thinking about that relationship. And um, something that's really important to recognise with chronic hypertension is that it doesn't just affect individuals, it affects families. Um, and it affects um, everyone around them. And this is something that we're really important to, to look at further. So Greg, so what's actually involved if people sign up and get, and get whatever? So if people actually sign up and get involved, what, um, what will they be asked to do, Greg? Yeah, so the first thing would be um, to read what's known as a participant information sheet. So this is giving them more information about what the study involves. Um, are there any risks? Are there any benefits? What we would do with your data? Um, once people have read that, that form, um, they would be asked to sign a consent form. So saying that they consent to take part in the in the study. And then after that, they're going to be asked to complete a series of questionnaires. So the questionnaire should take around 15, 20 minutes to complete. And it will ask things around anxiety and depression. Um, it will ask things about quality of life. Um, and also it will ask around um, experiences of, of compassion. So how much do you engage in compassion in, in your everyday life? Um, and it'll go without saying that um, obviously this is conf- all this information will be confidential. And am I right in thinking that these people they'll be anonymous? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So everything's confidential. Um, so we have ethical approval from Nottingham, Nottingham Trent University. Um, so as I say, all data will be confidential. It will, it will be protected. Um, people can withdraw. So if they complete the questionnaire and think actually I, I, I don't want I don't want to take part anymore, and um, please get in touch and we we can withdraw your data. Um, also thinking about the idea of anonymous. So the report that we would generate. So as a result of this evidence, we would look to generate a report and we would look to share the report with others, potentially in publications in scientific journals. Um, and no one would be identified in, in that journal, in, in the report. So no one would know that you took part in that intervention unless unless you told them. Okay, so Greg, you know, because um, I've not said anything for a while, so I'm going to chip in. Um, you know, when it comes to, because you said a randomised control trial, so that's where you've got two pots, one receives the therapy, the, the, the books, the, the, the other, do they just get nothing or is there something where maybe they get something in the future or I'm just thinking, so if somebody takes part, is there a chance that they could receive no support at all? So as, as part of the compassion study, um, everyone would take part and we're just asking them to fill out um, some questionnaires about their experiences um, here and now. With the randomized control trial, it would vary depending on the setup of the of the trial. Um, so in the context of our study, the, the one that we used to investigate the self-help resource, um, we had what's known as a waiting list condition, and that's our control group. So that's the idea where um, people, again, are asked to fill out questionnaires, but they're not given the intervention in immediately. Um, and then once we've analyzed the results, from the people who took part in the intervention, once we found that it's safe, that it's helpful, um, then we would give them access or we we would send them the booklets. So um, it's the idea of the wait list. So you're waiting, you're added to a, to a list to wait to receive the intervention. Um, and, and that role is, is, is just as important as people who are randomized to the intervention condition because what we're ultimately looking at is, um, okay, if you're not giving any intervention, um, do you make any improvements? Do you do do you, do, do you deteriorate um, compared to people in the in the um, intervention group? So there's different ways that we can test and evaluate 
trials or interventions. So, uh, so you're looking for people to get involved in this now, Greg. So if anyone's listening who would like to play an important role in this study and volunteer to take part, um, all the details, as usual, are on our website um, and we'll also pop those in the show notes. Um, so thank you for that, Greg. Another uh, exciting project on the horizon. Um, but again, we're not stopping there, are we? There's something else going on. So, Greg, we like to keep each other busy. Um, and, and this one's um, rapidly um, sort of progressing, isn't it? And it's, a, it's based around a, a depression resource. So uh, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is it's very, it, it, hopefully, it'll be very similar to what we spoke about with the anxiety resource, just based around something, obviously, based around depression rather than anxiety. Um, so yeah. where are we at with that? And when can I get my hands on the book? Yes, yeah. So um, this is um, another, as you said, another project that we're looking at um, targeting at depression in people with primary hypertension. Um, so just like I mentioned, there's there's also high rates of, of depression, low mood in people with primary hypertension. Um, so like I mentioned, the study a couple of months ago that found um, rates of 28%. Um, so what we want to do is develop a resource um, focusing on depression in people with primary hypertension. And there's other self-help interventions out there for depression um, across a range of chronic conditions um, within the general population. And what we're keen to do is to use some of that evidence to inform a specific resource for depression with primary hypertension. So this is in the kind of very early stages. So um, realistically, the, the the resource, the, 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 the intervention, the trial will probably not be available until next year. Um, the idea of a trial, the idea of developing intervention, it goes through a lot of um, procedures. It, t- it takes a lot of time. And, and, and rightly so, we need to make sure that we get these things right. Absolutely. Um, and just like what we've done with this intervention, the anxiety will go through the similar process. So um, I'm really grateful to the readership panel um, who um, consisted of people with poor hypertension and, and caregivers who provided some really vital information on the early stages um, that the earlier drafts of the anxiety and pH intervention booklets. So we'll be looking to do the same as well. Um, again, we would need ethical approval. We'll, we would need to continue to, to develop it. Um, but yes, um, really exciting. Hopefully next year we'll be in a position where we can start recruiting for that. Um, and we are, that's, that's, a, that's a project that's in collaboration with um, Nottingham Trent University and also Cardiff University. Um, yeah, again, I, I've kind of um, said this in, in our past interviews and in past um, publications in, in the magazine, but PHA UK is, is, is a fantastic charity. It, it's honestly a pleasure working with you all and how dedicated you are. And I think that reflects in how engaged and how motivated um, your, your um, leadership group are. Um, you know, the idea where you put out a study and you get over a thousand responses, you know, that, that's fantastic. Um, I know we've already spoke about the quality that of, of the resources that you do publish. Um, and that's all with, um, you know, your, your audiences um, in, in mind, making sure that the information is accessible and it makes sense and it's relevant. It, it, it's exactly what people need to um need to know in terms of there's a lack of resource out there and PHA UK are, are dedicated to kind of um, helping to plug plug that gap. Um, but so, it, yeah, as I said, it's been a pleasure working with you and I'm really excited about our our future projects. Thanks, Greg. I think there's lots, of, lots to look forward to. 
Um, it's been really great to talk through all of this with you today. Um, I think I speak for us all when I say um, we're really proud of the work that's going on in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really hope it helps a lot of people. Um, so just a reminder then, because I know we've, we've gone through a lot today. So the Anxiety Self-Help Programme is available now to order completely mm-hmm. free on our website. Uh, you're recruiting now for the Compassion Study, and that's open to um, patients and caregivers and loved ones. Again, details on our website. And as always, um, keep an eye on our social media channels and your email inboxes for updates on all of this important work that's going on. And we hope to bring you some more important resources very soon. 